You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, lost to do, Peter Labardius, Flames analyst, Sportsnet 960, mm-hmm. lost to breakdown over that 6-5 overtime loss on Saturday night, and uh-huh. we're also going to get away the, uh, the foursome. A free foursome to the Wingfield Golf Club. We're asking you, Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Like I'm going to smash a nap. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Sleep. Like, like you smash thirds at a buffet. Yeah, I do love to head back for a third trip. Yep. Better. I mean, like You may as well. Mm-hmm. But what uh, else do I smash? Um, dinner tonight at a friend's birthday because you're not complaining that it's an 8.30 start. And usually yep. you do because that's late Ooh, for you. We're going for Italian tonight. Ooh, not bad. Boy's going to crush some pasta. Not bad. It is a Flames uh, game day. They're in Los Angeles to play the Kings in the front end of a back-to-back. They play the Ducks in Anaheim tomorrow. Uh, to talk about it, Dennis Bernstein, senior writer at the fourth period and Sirius XM NHL host joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dennis, how are you? Nice to catch up with you. Yeah, George, great to talk to you and great to be on the big show. Um, Dennis, want to get your thoughts on uh, the Los Angeles Kings. Obviously, it's been a it's been a solid season for a team that I think there was some pretty good expectations, especially with bringing in a guy like Kevin Fiala. How have you kind of gauged the LA Kings season so far? Well, I had him as a 100-point team coming into the season, George, because they added Kevin Fiala, who's been amazing, who's galvanized the offense. He's the leading scorer right now. To get to what they are right now, about 107, it's a really, really good season for this team. When you, when you think about the progression, two seasons ago, when it was the short season, they were equivalent of about a 71-point team. Last year, 99 points, uh, lost in seven to Edmonton this year. Anybody can come out of the West. I, I, I don't know what Colorado is right now, George. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. I don't know if Georgia is going to be the guy. But this is a team that's very dangerous, that's playing very well. It's, I think it's now eight straight games. They've given up two goals or less. So the guy who now coaches in Calgary, it's a little bit more reminiscent of the style of play when he mm. was here because they've been really good defensively. The trade they made for Gavrikov and Corbisella has really helped this team. This could be a dangerous team. They could easily win the Pacific, and I think they got a, a legitimate shot to get out of the West this season. Um, how do you, how do you feel, or how's it been perceived how the Jonathan Quick situation went down? Well, the fans are upside down over it. They're, they're broken hearted. Here's what happened, George. I, I think there's ownership on both sides of this deal because it looked like a shock. But remember, you have to go back to the summer. Jonathan Quick wanted to retire a king, but he wanted a two-year contract at less money. And the king said, mm, let's wait. At that moment, Jonathan Quick should have said, okay, there's a, there's a percentage here that I could not be a king for the rest of my career. And so he should have managed his expectation there. Now, what happened going forward to the trade deadline, that can't happen, George. George Rob Blake didn't wake up on Tuesday and say, I'm going to trade Jonathan Quick on Wednesday. So what he should have done, <laughs> uh, he got pulled out of a game in Madison Square Garden. He should have said, hey, look, by the way, John, we love you. Your, your number's going to get raised to the rafters. But 875, save percent, something may happen at the deadline. So either do that or when he was traded on that night, it was a phone call from Rob, who was in L.A., still prepping for the trade deadline. Um, and he said, hey, by the way, you're in Winnipeg. We're going to trade you to a last-place team in Ohio. You can't do both, George. you either got to give him a little bit more of a heads-up, or you got to get on the plane 
and do it face-to-face because this guy deserved it. So was he bitter? Was he angry? I'm sure he was. He had a couple of days to process it. But the hero in all this is Yarmo Kekalanen because he says, no, we don't want you either. We'll go trade it to Vegas where you can possibly play the team mm-hmm. that just traded you and you're much closer to home. So I think it was all well that ends well. The Kings are better in net because Jonathan didn't play well, but he's been revitalized in Vegas. So I think there's a lot of bitterness with respect to the fans. But I think when they see this team play, they kind of get it. Have, have you gotten a sense of how maybe awkward that flight home was after he was traded, yet he was still on the team flight home? Yeah, I don't think it was awkward at all. I think it was him saying goodbye. It gave him an opportunity to say goodbye to his guys and to the media. Mm. So I know it was very emotional. It wasn't like he was tearing up the plan or something like that. So I, I think it actually was the right thing because he can come home. And again, he didn't report. He never reported to Columbus, so he could come home, settle his affairs, process if he wanted to report if they didn't trade him. So I, I think it was the right thing. It wasn't this, this oh, this kumbaya, this oh, we're, we're so depressed. It was relatively quiet and relatively calm, despite what other th- you know things may have been reported. Dennis, uh, I, I just wonder what the workload might look like for Jonas Corposalo down the road. How much are we going to see of Phoenix Copley uh, the rest of the way here yeah. for the Kings? Matt, I think that uh, Todd McClellan's still deciding who's yeah. going to be a starter in game one. And remember, Corpus is the guy who 85 saves in one playoff game. Mm. He did lose that game in five overtimes. But I think it's going to be a 50-50. They have 12 games left. I think he's still deciding. Because here's the one thing. When you have a tandem in the playoffs goaltending, you don't have his number one goaltender. And this is what they have to decide. Uh, Phoenix Copley, all he's done is win here, Matt. You look at his – like his save percentage is moving up. His goals against is okay. But he wins games. Like that's the bottom line. And, yes, is his team playing a lot better defensively over the last month? Yes. I think that they'll share the 12 games, and then Todd's going to have to make a hard decision once they get the game one of the playoffs. Drew Doughty is playing more ice time than anybody in the NHL not named Kale McCarr. Uh, last year, playoffs robbed us of seeing him in that postseason series with the Edmonton Oilers. But what are you seeing from Drew now that tells you that this resurgence is going to continue into the postseason? I think that it's it's more maturity because mm-hmm. he's not the guy he once was. He's not the guy that was second. He scored five goals this year. And granted, one of the goals the other night was a great move. He pulled it out of his bag of tricks from like five or six years ago. So he's a... Believe it or not, Drew Doughty, it's crazy that it sounds he's a steadying influence on this team. And if you know Drew, he loves to chirp. He's, <laughs> he's out there. He's got a great character. But, again, he can manage the minutes. And I've talked to him a couple of times during the season about that because now he's in his you know, early 30s. He's not 26 years old, this precocious kid anymore. He can handle this play. And he's played great. Him and Mikey Anderson have been a fantastic pair, a solid pair. So I don't think there's going to be any tread off the tires once we get to the postseason. And maybe not playing as much last season due to the knee injury, as you mentioned, might actually help him this season. But he's been great for him. Not the spectacular offensive player that he was maybe five, five to seven years ago, but certainly a vital part and still a part of core of this team. Now that Matthew Kachuk is playing over in the Eastern Conference, who is his biggest rival? Who does he get into it with the most? I, I don't think, you know, look, if Corey Perry's in the East too, so those yeah. are the two guys <laughs> that he really gets into it. He do, he's not, you know what, he, like I said, his maturity is there. He doesn't really get into it, and I think that Matthew, for one, well, we know why. Like, he just stirred the pot with Drew, and I think Drew needs to find another guy. It's not Connor McDavid, because Connor's not that type of personality. You'd have to find mm-hmm. a like type of personality uh, to, for him to go up against. So I think he's, I think he might be seeking that guy, and you have to look at the teams that we might play in the playoffs here in Los Angeles. That not, they might be one, you know, guy maybe on the bottom six, something like that, that likes to stir the pot. But he really doesn't have a favor right now with respect to uh, going after a guy. Dennis Bernstein, senior writer at the fourth period. You also hear him on Sirius XM NHL Radio. Joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose. 
Sportsnet 960. The fan Dennis is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, Dennis, I want to get your thoughts on the Calgary Flames. Another just frustrating overtime loss. It, it's it's becoming comical with this team, how they just can't get that extra point in the three-on-three or in the shootout. What's yeah. your read on the Calgary Flames? Are they a playoff team? Well, George, I think about a week ago, I tweeted the, the line score and it had Calgary 47 shots and the other team 20 and they lost. I'm like, is this the same script every game? It looks that way. It looks like a TV show. Yeah, here's why they can make the playoffs. And I agree with you, George. It's not been a good season. Have you looked at Nashville's schedule? Like, here's who they have left mm. on the schedule. Boston, Carolina, Toronto, Vegas, Dallas, and Colorado. Mm. And I watched that game last night without Yeoman Rossi. Uh, Yeoman Rossi. Calgary can absolutely make the playoffs. I look at Nashville and I look at Winnipeg. I'm like, okay, these teams are not – like it's up for grabs. It's still in front of them, despite that it's not been a good season. I'm sure you guys have gone down and let me know why it hasn't been a great season. They're four points out and they have a game in hand on Winnipeg. Is anybody Winnipeg scaring anybody? No. I mean, Dubois being out, Perfetti being out, it's not the same team. They're kind of thin up front at this point in time. They're 4-5-1 and one in less than. Calgary could get in. And, you know, I, we interviewed Dean Lombardi on my podcast about a month or so ago. And, you know, back in the day, Daryl told him, like, I don't care about the regular season. Get me in the playoffs. So if this team could get in the playoffs, you actually get a save from the guy making a lot of money in the net. Like it could be a dangerous team in the first round. So I, I would expect I, I wouldn't be shocked. Look, two weeks ago I said the Flames were done, they're done over. They just the way you like losing all the overtime games. They can't find a way to win. They find ways to lose in, in extra time. But right now, my expectation is I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the eight seed for you know once once we get to game eighty three. Um, Dennis. Uh- Daryl Sutter's a polarizing coach in this city as that hard approach. There's no secret, but the guy's also a slam dunk Hall of Famer uh, as a head coach. His resume speaks for itself. How is he still viewed in Los Angeles? Uh, well, how is he viewed by me? He should, he should still be coaching in Los Angeles. He never takes – and that's part of the issue in Cali. George, he never takes his foot off the pedal. He's a really negative presence behind the bench. Um, he could have – and Dean Lombardi, too. They could have been here for life, I think. They won two cups. So uh, it, there's a faction of the Kings fans that probably still want Daryl's coaching and not Todd McClung, even though Todd's getting a fantastic job in this rebuild. Um, he's still revered because he's the one that, that helped lead this team out of the wilderness. Like, there are people that I know for a fact that both work for the team, that are fans, that cried their eyes out in 2012 because they never thought they would see the Kings win a Stanley Cup. And because of that, even though you might not his tactics, you can't begrudge what he accomplished here with a franchise that has never won before. So he's still well-liked. Chris Sutter's obviously still well-liked. So I, I think there are – but I, I think there's also a faction of fans that say, look, it wasn't happening. It was time to go. There's just a negativity around this team and the way they, they should have one more, maybe, maybe a couple more. Um, but he, he's still revered in Los Angeles with respect to that. And I think most the, the large percentage of fans still really enjoy the time he was here and, and thanked him for the time that you know, he brought him to championships. One of the things that is always a conversation around Daryl Sutter and his coaching style is kind of how he works around or works with younger players. Um, there's a lot of young players in LA that are kind of reaching that point where it's are you going to be in the NHL or are you maybe going to try it somewhere else? How do you look at some of the young players on this team? Like a Gabe Velarde or an Alex Turcotte or, yeah. you know, a Quinton Byfield in this LA Kings organization. Well, that's three different types of players, Matt. So you're talking about Gabe Velarde, who, when he came out of juniors, I, I'm the only one in LA that said it. Like he's a right winger. He's not a center, but they tried him at center for a couple of seasons. 
He's not a 2C. He doesn't play with pace. He doesn't have the vision that you need. He's a great goal scorer on the wing. And look what happened this season. They finally put him on the wing. He's got 22 goals in 60 games. He's made it. He's established himself because he's got a tremendous amount of skill. Remember, he was like a top three projected pick. He fell to 11 because of, of his a little bit of health issues with his back, but he's been great. Turcott can't get on the ice, Matt. And if you can't get on the ice, you can't play. Mm-hmm. And he's had so much injury problems here. So you hear more of him like maybe he's an extra in a, in a deal for like when Jake, they talked about Jacob Tricker. No, there's another trade sure. coming down the line. He's probably the prospect that will go with respect to that. Quinn Byfield. He's playing on the top line right now with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. But he doesn't score goals. He, he's the only guy in the league, and maybe because he's second line. He's playing top six minutes. He's got three goals in 41 games. Uh, with that type of production, that you're off the top six. You're on the bottom six. But they can afford to do that because even though Kevin Fiala is out right now, his emergence, and I mentioned uh, Gabe Velarde, and a guy like uh, Kaliev on the fourth line has 11 goals. They could afford to do that, but he's got to show at some point he can score goals. Like he's, you know, he's got, he's, he's, he's making plays. He's not making the mistakes he was. And remember, he's what, 20 years old. He is a plus seven. And there's some good chemistry there. But when you're up on the top line and you're playing with those two great players, and granted, you, you're going to be deferring because he's a kid. So he's going to defer to Kopitar. He's going to d- defer to Kempe. But at some point, he's got to show some goal-scoring opportunity. And maybe his, maybe his fate is not to play left wing right now, but go back to center. But I, I've been surprised at the lack of offense from a goal-scoring standpoint from a guy who was a second overall pick a couple of seasons ago. What do you remember from Tyler Toffoli's first year under Daryl Sutter? I think he only played 10 games as a rookie. And, and i just looking for maybe a little bit of context as far as what the Flames are currently going through with Jacob Pelche. Uh Yeah, it's... it's it, you know what? If you're a high talent, like a relatively high pick, Daryl doesn't really love you. You know, he loves guys like Dwight King. That was, that was Daryl's <laughs> teacher. So we used to call Dwight King the teacher's pet. So, Jacob, <laughs> in a little more. It's, it's still going to continue for a while. And you know what? Sometimes your best teachers are your hardest teachers. So it, it, he he loved those guys. Like, look at your guys on the bottom on the bottom fourth line, like Trevor Lewis. Guys, he depended on when Richardson was there. He 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 loves certain guys who are aren't the most gifted players. Like he tried to run Dustin Brown out of, out of Los Angeles without question. And Dustin's an old timer. Now he's got a statue and a, a banner at the, at, in the rafters. So yeah, I, I think for some reason he he. he Treats with kid gloves the lesser players, the less gifted players than uh, than the, the more skilled players. So Jacob Peltier, you got a little bit more of love of rough ride, but I think at the end of the road, uh, you'll thank Daryl for all the things he'll do for him. Um, Dennis, before I let you go, um, it seems like Eric Carlson's the favorite right now to win the Norris Trophy. Do we need to re-examine how we vote for the Norris Trophy? I know the guy's having an incredible offensive season, but we've seen the games he's played against the Flames. No interest in his own zone, uh, Dennis. Uh, it's just like, yeah. yeah, I'm a little bored in my zone. Let's go try to get some points here on a bad San Jose Sharks team. Do you think he's deserving of the Norris? Do we need to re-examine how we, how we give this award out? What are your thoughts? Well, if he gets to 100 points, George, you got to give it to him. It's as simple as that. And you're right. You're absolutely right about his, his lack of defense. But when there's a gap between him and the next guy and McCarr's been banged up, I, I, yeah, I, it's just defensemen don't get to, you know, 100 points. It, it's as simple as that. So what do we need to do? Well, you want to add another – you want to make it the Larry Robinson trophy or the defensive defenseman mm. trophy or the equivalent of the Selkie. You, you want the equivalent of the Selkie when it comes to defenders and maybe Matisse Eckholm, whoever you pick your favorite, you know, Rasmus Anderson's also been, been great. But, but those type of – Jacob Slavin. But 
I, I don't know. Could Jacob Slavin ever win the North? Yeah, he could. So it's a, it depends. So I, I don't think we need to change things. It's just just when he's got 20 goals and he's just and if he doesn't get to 100 like Yossi last year, if if Kale McCall was Kale McCall all season, I'd probably vote for him. Is Eric Carlson to answer your question the best defenseman in the league? No, he's not. But he's probably going to win the Norris Trophy because of his offensive output that that you rarely see. This is like Haley's comment. It comes along every every twenty years or so. So I, I get the the detractors. Like here's here's the difference. Like, Connor McDavid's winning the heart unanimously, and there is an Interpol should get involved because yeah. it's a Canadian and U.S. thing. It's an international incident, right? Not with Eric Carlson. There'll be other voters who will not vote Eric Carlson one. I have no problem with it. I will at this point in time. I don't think anything's going to change over the next uh, month or so to change that vote. Uh, okay, I love it because I just again you're right hits 100 points uh, first guy what since Brian Leach since the 90s to do that uh, which is definitely a feat but again watching him Dennis like just gives zero you know what's in his own end. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you're Jared, right. What what if would he have better plays around them too, George? So well, you know yeah. maybe that would help as well. Absolutely, it wouldn't look yeah. like that's another thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Would he be a minus four team on Boston? No. So no, we'll yeah. that's good. Would uh, Lena Salmark be good on any other team except for the Bruins? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's it's, yeah. it's like the Detroit Tigers, 1984, 35 and five out of the box. This team is ridiculous, and if they don't win, I don't know what to tell you. Then you know, it's hey, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. I really don't know what one injury, one underperformance, one tough team. You never know. Uh, yeah. Dennis, that's a great pull because right away uh, you remind me of the Different Strokes episode where Lance Parrish was on <laughs> from the '84 Tigers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, my co-host has no idea what we're talking about. Right uh, over the head. Dennis Bernstein, a senior writer for the fourth period. You hear him on Sirius XM NHL Radio. Dennis, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Great being on the big show, boys. Thanks for the time. Thanks, uh, there he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest online brought to you by Atlas Pizza <laughs> and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3300. 44. My brother's like pumping his fist listening to that poll because you have no idea what the different, different strokes, strokes reference that you yeah. just made. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. What you talking about, Willis? You know like that, that show? That I know. But yeah. yeah um, but yeah, there, Lance Parrish was on from the 84 World Series champion Tigers. I didn't even know that different had an apostrophe in it until just now. There you go. Um, you learn something new. Peter Labardius blames color analyst for sports at 960 straight ahead. We'll get a life lesson from Lou. Also, we're giving away a uh, a free foursome to Wingfield Golf Club, which is super fun. They got three nines there. Yeah. I was looking at the, because uh, we got the email. Hey, we'll give this away. I was like, ooh, let me take a look. See at the scorecard. I love that. And uh, I was like, I I would play at this course 100%. This is a this is this will do. And uh, the way you do it is Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Nine sixty nine sixty on the text line. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at four, or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's a Flames game day, and we're also giving away a round for four at Wingfield Golf Club. We're asking you on the text line, 960-960, Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. We'll do that to wrap up the show. Texty McTexterson, our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, will join us. These are great. 
Yeah, there's some really good ones out there. And there's a lot of the same recurring theme on some of them as well. Uh, smashing drinks? Is that sure. what you're talking about? No. Uh, are you talking about uh, smashing balls out of bounds? Nope. That's oh, not... no, no. Those are kind of good. But that's is that what you were referencing? No. Oh. Um, but right now... What about smashing TVs? Is no. that what you're referencing, George? No, sir. Um, Peter Labardi I'll is keep guessing. Flames color analyst for Sportsnet 960, the fan joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Lou, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am fine. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. Um, tough overtime. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob yeah. Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash what, Lou? Coke Zero. Oh, yes, yes. yes, you do. Okay, how, like let's let's get to the brass tacks of things here. <laughs> let's how, let's move some product here. How how many Coke Zeros do you have in a day? Depends on the day. Ballpark. Generally, yesterday. Generally, yeah. I hate to admit it, but generally two or three. Okay. George yeah. sometimes has one during the show. Yeah, I, that's my morning. Like rather than a coffee, like I'd say three out of five days a week, you probably smash a zero instead of a coffee. Yeah. Are you the same way, Lou? No, I don't like it too early. Mm. I don't like it too early. Okay. I, I, I generally now, it's funny, I didn't even drink coffee for about the first 40 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like I like a nice specialty coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, a little treat. Have like an espresso machine a or something? macchiato? No, 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 no. <laughs> No more product placement. Today. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, if... I may make a stop about three minutes from my house, uh, you know, for a little morning white mocha that I just treasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if Nespresso is listening, uh, hit up our sales department. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if anything will come to fruition. So, um, Lou, um, big, uh, big point, at least, for the Flames on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Six five uh, to the to the stars. The one thing I wanted to ask you, and I teed it up earlier, uh, your thoughts on Nazem Kadri not getting a shift in overtime? Well, I didn't really have any issue with it, just because you, you think know, he does. Case, what's that? You think he does? Oh, I think he's probably got a huge issue with it. Yeah, I'm going to guess that the fact that he played barely over 13 minutes. Uh, in that game and played less than 13 in the previous game. I can't imagine that a proud guy who's been a really good player for a long time wouldn't have a bit of an issue with it. But, you know, here's, here's what I'll say. Generally, you don't arrive in that time frame without some responsibility yourself. And I... You know, I, I, I've been watching him, George and Maddie, since he was 16 in Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And I have always had great value for his tenacity, um, skill, how hard he plays, how passionate he is. But to be as honest as I can, since the All-Star break, I haven't seen very much of the guy that I treasure watching play the sport not been impactful enough and most of the time it's not because guys aren't trying or don't want to but they need him they need him desperately 
to tell Daryl that he deserves more time and opportunity. Now there'd be people listening right now that goes, you know, he should be playing more. And, and I get that, you know, there's, there's lots of situations that even I question in my mind in regards to, you know, who's playing and who isn't, but most of the time I have found in my career that, when a coach gets to a certain point, especially with a veteran player and a good veteran player, are they taking enough ownership for their part in why things aren't going well? Who's had a better season, Huberto or Condry? Oh, boy. Probably, probably Kadri. I would I would I would say Kadri, but I do I do think in this regard they are both on the same plane in regards to their importance to the group. I I think Jonathan has played better lately, but early in the year there's no question that Kadri was better. Lou, does this team look maybe a little bit more like nerves affect their game when they've been playing at home over the last few weeks compared to being on the road? Yeah, Maddie, they do. Um, nerves, pressure, expectation, all of it. Yes. There, there's, you know, I even, I even asked Daryl about this the other day in, in our pregame show um, about this very subject. And, you know, I wouldn't say that he completely played along, but he didn't not play along either. And there have been very few, for me, poor efforts on the road this year for this team. In fact, I don't know if people know this, but going into the game on Saturday, since December the 3rd, the Flames had 31 points on the road, which was more than anybody in the National Hockey League. And that one blew me away and I think it would probably blow you guys away and our listeners away because of all the one point nights that always feel, I think to most people, including myself and fans, there's a lot of nights. Those ones feel like zeros, but there have been very few nights on the road that I point to and go, Ugh, yuck. Mm-hmm. But at home, there and and I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Saturday night in that category, Maddie. But I would yeah. put the start to Saturday in that category. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, for 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 absolute sure. They're you know they they have been a better team in recent times, but they don't play free at home. They they play like there's a lot of weight and. To be as honest as I can, there is a lot more weight when you're at home. What have you made of the goal scoring we've seen in the season series compared to how these two teams played in the postseason? Yeah, it's it's you know it's goofy.com for sure <laughs> or goofy.ca. Can I look that uh, up on the no company sense. computer? No. <laughs> What's that? Can I look it up at the Rogers computer? Are those able to? Oh, I don't. I don't know if that's the subject for today. Um, let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. What does Texty McTexterson feel about yeah. that one? Anyway, yeah. Oh, he's he's got some locked and loaded. Dot he's... or goofy you want? Mm-hmm. 
it, it really doesn't make any sense. The games have been incredibly entertaining as the game yeah. was on Saturday night, back and forth, no lead safe. The first time they played Calgary had a six, one lead and that turned into six, five. Yeah. I, what do I make of it? It's, it's an anomaly. Hmm. And no, it's not really how either team wants to play and, wants to get into those kind of games, even Dallas under Peter DeBoer. I don't think Pete's very interested in those kind of games either, but that, that is what has happened. And of course the place we point to is, you know, last spring where most nights it didn't seem like anybody was ever going to score in some of those games and especially game seven. Peter Labardius, Flames analyst for Sports at 960. The fan joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, 960. The fan. Um, Lou, when I look at the two teams uh, that the Flames are battling, maybe even put the Kraken into this conversation too, but the Jets, the Predators who are right there, and the Flames, I think Calgary's better than those teams. And I'd even and I'd even venture to say that I'm not sure the Kraken are that much better than the Calgary Flames, despite the fact that they're six points up on the Flames with one game in hand. But when George, it comes can to... I ask you, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Because I'm always curious. Yeah. Um, so why, in your mind, yeah. are they better? They're deeper. They can roll four lines, and when this team is, is playing at its best, I think their depth is their strength on the blue line and on, and on the, the forward lines. And I agree with you. And, and when I watched I, the Jets last night, sorry, Lou, when I watched the Jets against the Blues, they quit in the third period. And if that top line's not firing, Kyle Connor's super frustrated. Um, if Connor Hellebuck's not stealing games for them, they're in trouble. But the Flames can get contributions from numerous lines, opposed to just one. And I think that's what makes them dangerous, not only down the stretch here, but potentially in the postseason. Okay, now here's, here's what I would say to you about Winnipeg. I'm not sure I see a lot of difference. In fact, Hmm. I I don't, and and here's why. I actually think in terms of Winnipeg's forwards, when they are healthy and play the right way, I would actually give them an edge in that category over Calgary. Okay. But here's the key part of the whole thing for me. I don't think... Right, you know, Winnipeg started great, but I think whether it's now for Winnipeg or in some ways throughout the course of the whole season for Calgary, I think, George, for me, the key in the evaluation is really the overall story is, are your best people doing it? Are they doing it now? And have they done it at a consistent enough basis? Hmm. So, you know, you take a look at Winnipeg. Um you go, they would have a small, maybe a small edge in people's mind over Calgary and goal. I think Calgary certainly has an edge one through six on the back. But I would have a hard time probably arguing that Winnipeg, with everybody healthy and playing well, doesn't probably have a little bit more dynamic and better group of forwards. Mm. So again, where it is for me is you, you can on the old whiteboard or on paper, you can have whatever you want. And that is, that's great. But if they're not playing that way, 
And those things aren't happening more often than not. And as you did yesterday, and as I took a quick peek last night, um, how you play and how consistently those depth pieces or pieces that allow you on paper to be better, what gets them to paper being reality is doing it. Um, Lou, before we get to a, a life lesson, hopefully from you, um, wanted to ask you, are we talking enough about the potential career year from Tyler to Foley? Probably not. Probably not. And, you know, over the last week, of course, those things come to fruition with, you know, a, a four point night. And now he's just shy of his career high goal total. He's passed his career high point total. There's, I think in many ways, and Tyler even admitted it, George, this week, you know, going back to even his draft when he was an unbelievable member of the Ottawa 67s in the OHL and had 110 and 108 points respectively. He never played on the World Junior team. Um, you know, he was not a first-round pick. I think I think Tyler, going all the way back, has always had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's not an elite skater, but has an elite brain, is an elite finisher, and is an elite competitor. And it's interesting. There's certain plays and certain moments that always stick with me in the course of a season. So, you know, in the game in Vegas, place you've never won, you've, you've never you've played good, but you've never found an answer. And in a game where he has two goals and two assists, George, that's not the moment or moments that stood out for me. The moment that stood out for me is a 3-2. In the third period, you're on the power play with a chance to probably drive a nail into the game. And his effort on the back check on what was a two-on-one shorthanded opportunity that could have turned the game, changed the game, and put the Flames in a very bad position, for me, is one of the best plays of the year. And so that night was a great one for him, but his greatest attribute in even that game was taking a game and saying, if we don't win here tonight, it's not going to be because I'm not giving you absolutely everything that I have. And can you do that? You, everybody wants to make an impact in big games. Not everybody does. Um, before I let you go, and uh, we got to give away some uh, a foursome uh, to a golf course, uh, do you have a life lesson for us today? I do have a life oh, okay, lesson. Okay, hold on. We, we obviously have the produced little piece that we love like here. Yeah, Alex hit it. Let's go. Going. Mm-hmm. He's a resident Flames expert. But right now it's time for Life Lessons with Lou on the Big Show. Yeah, a, a, a quick one related in part to where I am. I'm in Kelowna, British Columbia right now, mm. where yesterday um, I spent four glorious hours with my friend Abe Danger, and we've been friends since we were six. Um, never think that there is enough time for people that you love and matter the most. Mm. That's really my lesson. And any chance you get to spend with 
the most important people in your life and tell them that, I think is critical. And on this particular Monday morning, a I don't know what the right phrase is, but just the beauty of the Snow family and mm. what they continue to endure on a day-to-day basis with Chris and ALS, who have shown me the absolute beauty of vulnerability and what it really means to live your life every day mm-hmm. like it might be the last. Perspective uh, is absolutely always uh, a good thing. Um, Lou, um, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, should be fun. And I'm thinking uh, minimum three points here the next two games uh, for the Calgary Flames. Must get at least three points probably in yeah, these next three two would games. Be, three would be awesome. And I think very fair and George the perspective is also very necessary. Yeah, it absolutely is. Very necessary. Yeah. Bye now. See you later, Luke. <laughs> there he is, Peter Labardius, Sports at 960 to Fan Flames Analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast Hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975, down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Um, before we get to texting McTexterson, and we give away a, uh, a round for four at Wingfield Golf Club. Um, Big Show Plus, Big Show Mucho, Big Show XL. Uh, straight ahead with our man Patrick Dumas. Patty, what do you got on the show for us today? Well, I'm going to do some Hitman talk with uh, Azam Nanji of Sportsnet 960, Ooh. a host of Hitman Hockey Hour. Okay. going to be coming in studio. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. I also love our... In studio? Yeah. Woo! I also love our uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson. Uh, who joins us after we asked you the question way back in the first hour of the program. Way back. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash blank. Uh, we're going to give away. Do you want to Do you want to see if somebody wants to call in real quick or no? Uh, they can do their best, but honestly, the text line has been lit today. And also, we, we don't really have too much time. For, for calls. No, we're up against it. All right, Taxi, let's let's start them rolling. Let's go. Clark in Calgary, married women. Okay, uh, Clark, the clubhouse leader. Let me write this down. Married women. Clark. I don't mind Clark. Wyndham Clark is the best, one of the best names on the PGA Tour as well. Does Wyndham Clark's... Wyndham Clark. Does he's... You know what? Never mind. Wyndham Clark. Adam Smashes Shank. is the driver. Adam right. Shank, though, uh, had, a, had a difficulty. One of the best names in golf. You might as well play with Sammy Slice, Bob Bogey, but Adam Shank is one of Timmy the best Toppet. names in golf. Yeah, although I do miss Taylor Gooch on the uh, PGA Tour. Yeah, what, do, how do you think of? I really miss Taylor Gooch, eh? Yeah, I just I love his name. Man, what? it was so great watching him. If only he was yeah. at Valspar this weekend. Yeah. Do you think Valspar? People, I don't know. Do you think people expect Eagles from Iron Eagle if he's out here golfing? <laughs> hey, oh, that's, that's some good work, Patty. probably some real good work. Nate in Lethbridge, Marky smashes stickers. Like I smash the half-dead flies coming out of nowhere in my kitchen. Okay. Half-dead already. He means he's been hitting them and they're still going, right? I'm just going to write dead flies and then I'm going to cross it out because I didn't think it was that good. Okay. Wedley in Bridalwood. Or man. Marky smashes sticks like I smash milk with GVP. (laughs) Oh, that's... Wedley Wedley loves referencing GVP in his milk. And GVP was raised on the dairy. All right, Wedley, that's not bad. I also like that Wedley always does the deep cuts for our show. Everything's very meta. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm here for it. Carter from Red Deer. 
Marky smashes goalie sticks like my brain mentally smashes itself knowing Hubie's extension hasn't even kicked in yet. <laughs> All right, Carter, I like that. <sighs> Hubie's extension starts weep. next year. Weep, whoop. Yeah, Hubie's extension. Okay. Uh, hot take, Jonathan Huberto has a better year next year than this season. Jonathan Huberto wins the Hart Trophy next year? That's not what I said, okay. George. That's... He wins the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy and the and Lester B. Pearson. And the Ted Lindsay. And the Con Smythe. And the Con Smythe. And the Norris. <laughs> okay, now, now you're getting crazy. Come Patrick. on, Pat. Well, you would have said the you, Selkie. You, I'd be like, okay. okay. We're only giving out major awards to yeah. te- players that play on bottom five like, teams oh, now, by okay. the way. I would have okay. I would have bought the Rocket Richard trophy over the Sel- over the Norris. <laughs> or the Lady Bing. What are the Jack Adams? Okay, well. Dean from Lethbridge. I smash Blue Gatorade after a night of drinking like Mark Storm smashes goalie sticks. I like the fact that it uh, texted you right at Mark Storm. Mark yeah. Storm. Mark Storm. That sounds like a good fake name at a bar. Yeah. Mark Storm. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mark Storm. That sounds like the protagonist in a teen novel about spies. Mark Storm feels like a character Steven Seagal would play while he breaks your arm. <laughs> the name's Mark Storm. Storm's here. Yeah. Breaks your arm. The storm's coming in. Storm's coming in. <laughs> Paul in Chestamere. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash a Big Mac meal with a side of six-pack nugs after the gym and going home to have baked salmon and arugula salad. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Such good salmon, babe. Big Mac. <laughs> six nugs. That's a strong meal. At least you went to the gym. Yeah. Diet pop, though. Yeah, large, diet large diet large coke. Diet pop, large fries. Ugh. Okay, Paul, I like that I one from Paul. I like that he's like, yeah, let's let's have that. Mmm, so good salmon. Oh, and kale with Scott it too. From Stra- mm. Scott from Strathmore. Like I smash my baby toe on the coffee table every morning. That's got to be frustrating. I'd move the table. Yeah, that's probably a you problem, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Jason in Airdrie. Mark Strom smashes goalie sticks like I smash my kids at Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah, let them know. Suck on that, kids. There's one way to teach Merle that, uh, hey, life ain't fair. Yeah. And that's certainly a way. Yeah, no participation trophies. Yeah. There's winners and losers. Tyler from the hood. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash ice cream cones I snag from unsuspecting children. Nice. Okay, Love Tyler. It. First of all, that's gross. Second of all, how dare you? Third of all, where's the hood? I don't know. I don't know. We're where's the hood places. in Calgary? I don't know what that means. Like, I'm pretty sure, I haven't confirmed this, but from my place downtown to the local Circle K, I believe there's a trail of blood that somebody <laughs> was bleeding, and I'm pretty sure it was this droplets of blood, and it goes for a fair amount of distance. Oh. And I'm like, this is not fun. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. I'm not sure if it's blood or paint, but I'm pretty sure it's blood. What do I write for this? No. Ryan from Airdrie. Like I smash my putter into the dirt after missing a gimme putt. Start on that one. Yeah. All right, keep going. Putter. Spencer room. in Okotox. <laughs> Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks. Like I smash sleeves of PROV ones. Pro V ones? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Rip I like em. that one. All right. How many more? Oof, lot. Man, and pick a good one. All right. 
Kevin in Calgary. Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash my toes stubbing them on the furniture in my Dang house. It, another one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Try this one. Bill from Diamond Valley. Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash pickled eggs on a road trip. <laughs> oh, nice. God, Why? That's, that's a flag. Why? Not in my whip. I'll tell you that for free. Jim in Calgary. Jacob smashes goalie sticks like I do golf clubs. Can I borrow your five iron? No reason. <laughs> Are you left-handed? <laughs> ben in traffic. Like I smash rum when I say I'm not drinking for the next month. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Jeff in Calgary. Jacob Markstrom smashes sticks like Matty Rose is gonna smash pasta into his pie hole tonight. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I like Jeff. <laughs> I like, was listening to the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, called your skull cave a pie hole. <laughs> skull cave. Pie hole. I like that. All right, five more. Oh, my goodness. How many? Not, five more. Zom's not even here. Let's go. All right, okay. <laughs> Brett in Okotox. I smash range balls over tea boxes in front of water, like Mark Strom smashes goalie sticks. Yeah. Well, yeah, for some reason, they just can't seem to miss the water. No. James at the CN train yard. Mark Strom smashes goalie sticks like I smash my thumb if I use a hammer. Ouch. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> okay, that one's ouch. not bad. I like the ouch. I'm going to rate Devin in Queensland. Like I smash the free warm bread at the keg. Yeah. Love that. Get that three cheese Shout butter with it. Yep. Chris in Cochrane. placement. Uh, good morning, Mark Devin. Strom smashing his stick is still not as violent as me smashing my head on my dash. Listening to George's math. <laughs> yeah, on, on the quintillion. <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of numbers. There you was threw a lot around. of numbers there, and those were He's numbers right. that were already large. Yeah, and then you were multiplying, and there are exponents involved. I tried to exponents. make it as simple as possible. And last one. Okay. Math. Travis in Calgary. Jacob Markstrom smashes goal sticks like I smash roast beef Sandos from Arby's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Again, Arby's, if you're listening. You I hope up. not. <laughs> for it, that Which one did you like the best? For that dude's system's sake. Which one did you like the best? What did I write here? Honestly, Carter was good. Yeah, I did like Carter. Uh, Paul and McDonald's, Hubie. that was good. I did like Paul, Big Mac. Carter, Hubie, um, Paul, Big Mac, and Jeff, your pie hole. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's give it to Patrick. Which one? Jeff, Carter, or Paul? Patrick? Paul in Chestermere. Oh. Jacob Markstrom smashes goalie sticks like I smash a Big Mac meal with a side of six-pack nugs after the gym and going home to have baked salmon and arugula salad. All right. Congratulations, uh, Paul. You won a, a round of four. A round 4-4. Four, four. At Wingfield Golf Club. Key there, he probably didn't have to lie. He just left yeah. out part of the truth, which is yeah. not technically lying. And hopefully right? uh, his uh, significant other not listening to the show. Um, check out wingfieldgolf.ca. Uh, beautiful three nines at the golf course. And uh, Paul, you're going. Uh, once the weather warms up a little bit, you get a round for four at Wingfield Golf Club. Congratulations. Uh, we're, we're free. Away- yeah. If he wants to. Yeah. We, yeah you we're wanna- free if you yeah. wanted to bring us. You want us to be part of your foursome? We're in. We're in. Yeah. No problem. Let's do it, Paul. Unless you're like a bad dude, then. <laughs> that doesn't even matter. Actually, we yeah. Just, we, uh, we'd probably go You and still. I would golf yeah. with Satan if it was a free <laughs> round. 
Hey, I got a tea time yeah. with uh, Beelzebub down yeah. at Pebble Beach. Hey, yeah, sign me up. He's saying, can you stop uh, driving the green on every hole? You're yeah. making us look bad. <laughs> so, uh, like... Holy... We're, man, are we late? It's how already many, 9 o'clock. How many greens could I get if I traded you my soul oh, right okay. now? All right. Um, we're super late. We got to go. Um, we're all over the Flames and Kings tomorrow. Uh, it's a Flames game day. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Have a terrific day. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.